Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show, The Damp Show. It's the Drizzly Show. The Drizzly Show. It's drizzling. Just it's like in Ireland. All over North Missouri, we are, as usual, on the road in the in the little car. We're heading to... Actually, we're going to the gun shop at the moment. We're going to be uh, trading off or selling my consignment a couple of uh, items because, frankly, uh, it's just time to get rid of a couple of items. We have a toys for toys policy, folks. Right, and these are these are items. Both the the, the guns that I'm selling off. One is a. Uh, Polymer AR-15 all-in-one receiver with the traditional M16 type stock on it that I bought to see what it would be like and if I liked it, and turns out I don't. I like the upper that I put with it, which is a Palmetto State Armory uh, standard M4 upper, which I like fine, but the lower I just don't like, so it's going away. And I'm... Getting rid of my last of the SR-22s, the Ruger SR-22s, just simply because she doesn't like the gun to shoot. And I I just never find myself shooting it anymore. It's just one of those guns. That, I mean, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a, a nice little gun. But I, I haven't shot it in a year. That's the thing. I don't and, hate it. I just, there's no particular day when I say, oh, I want to shoot that one. So we are pruning these from our lives. And um, pruning is something. It's spring. It's pruning. We we have to prune the trees in the spring. I pruned. Uh, I've only got one left to go, and I'm I'm a little indecisive as to which plants to pull. I'm, I'm growing plants in the back room, seedlings of our tomato plants that we're going to be planting in a few weeks. And I'm. That's I find that hard, but I'm pulling out. You have to leave just one of the plants. You plant four seeds. Or in one case, apparently eight seeds, because I came up with like six or seven plants. One apparently got double planted. Yeah, I think one did. Um, so anyway, you have to pull the, the weaker ones to give the stronger ones all of the nutrients and, and space. So I did that this morning. It's always hard to pull out and destroy a perfectly good, thriving little plant, but it is what it is. So... We're going to talk about pruning today, and I'm, we're not just—we're not really talking about pruning plants in this episode. We've got a episode airing very soon around this that we are talking about pruning plants, but this isn't that. We're talking about pruning other things in your prepping life. Pruning your preps, and you may wonder why bother all the preps, all the preps, all the preps ever. I, I'm kind ever. of. A- minimalist in a lot of ways, but since I've become a prepper, I find myself saying, you know, I can see a situation where that would be useful and finding it harder to get rid of things than I used to. But there's only so much space. There's only so much resources. Right. And some of the, some of the preps that you can get rid of, you can save money by getting rid of like these guns. I don't know what I'm going to buy. I've, I've sold a bunch of Guns that I just wasn't using. They were. They came in. I, I replaced some of them with a different, a different concept. Some of them, I a couple of them, I just really never did care for. I thought I'd like them. So I got this huge amount of credit at the at the gun store, just sitting there because I don't know what I'm going to want next. But it's a resource I have. You'll I find can, something. Oh, don't, I've don't actually worry, got folks. a couple ideas. I've got a couple <laughs> ideas. 
I'm suspecting the Henry is. It's an idea. I, I'm not suspecting the Henry, but that's a okay. different conversation. <laughs> we'll go through that. But one that is one of the categories of things we wanted to float as what you should prune from your props. Things that you've found a better solution since you acquired the prep in the first place. In our case, it's these particular weapons. He's got something else to fill the same role. So they're no longer really useful to us as preps. They'd be more useful to us as opportunity to go somewhere else. Right. So things that have been upgraded, that you have upgraded, and... Along a related line, because solar-powered equipment is something I'm really fond of. You should, see, you should see our window, so. I may take a picture of our window. <laughs> I, I won't, because the window we have it in is a window that we don't really look out or anything like that, and it's kind of like dirty and stuff. So yeah. It's just all we use it for is charging, pretty much. You know, it's on the, you know, it's in a back area that we just don't really care that much about, frankly. And uh, so it's kind of, yeah. but we got all these solar flashlights and stuff lined up on this windowsill. And of course, one dancing hula girl. And a solar powered battery charger and a solar powered, no, the solar powered radio quit working. Yeah. So. Unf well, well, you go ahead and say that. But the that dancing was... girl is the most important part. Little hula girl. <laughs> you sit there and, and all of a sudden you're like, oh. Is it morning yet? And then you hear the, from the other room, you hear the click, 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 click. <laughs> There's a hula girl starting to dance. It's just like, okay, yeah, it's morning. It's time to get up. Sun's, it's time to get up. up. The hula girl's dancing. <laughs> I got that as a gag Christmas gift at the office, what, three years ago, four years ago? Long time ago. And she's still dancing. Every once in a while you have to dust her and clean off her solar cell, but. A lot of cheap solar-powered equipment doesn't last very long. Yes. But by golly, that hula girl's been going for years. <laughs> now we uh, we have we have one particular type, and they're plastic and rubberized. We have one particular type of solar flashlight that we absolutely love, and we got a bunch of them. Yeah, we bought one and used it for a year, and it was showing no signs of degradation of battery life or ability to charge. So we piled up some more. Yeah, and it also has a a uh, non rechargeable lithium battery in it, which just is just a regular everyday battery that you can use if the you haven't had enough solar charge, so you it's like a backup. We leave those batteries uncoupled, so we don't use them accidentally. You don't may not know that we do that, but we yeah, do that. I know. Okay. And so those bat those those solar flashlights are great. But we know we had one of those one of those, uh, what you call them, it wasn't a solar, it, it was solar, but it had one of those uh, cranking mechanisms, one of those hand, it wasn't a crank, it was one hand of those pump. paddle, a paddle thing. Cheaply, cheaply made. Somebody gave it to me, I had it, but it fell on the floor and the case broke. And the flashlight still worked, sort of, but we pitched it the other day simply because, I mean, you know, if you if you got to be able to depend on something. You can't depend on it. I could never depend on the thing because the case was broken on it and it, the, the, the charger thingy was iffy. And yeah, life's too short. How do it went? Preps you can't depend on aren't real preps. No. So that's the other category, stuff that is not fully operable or might not be fully operable. If you bought it a long time ago and you haven't tried it out and used it yet, if it's solar powered and or uses a battery of any sort, 
it fits high in that category if it's got parts that may oxidize on you and become uh, brittle or may degrade in the sun and it's been sitting in, in uh, UV light. Those are reasons why things just might not work. I've got a lead acid battery that's five years old. And we've never used it. We've never had to use it. It's a, it is, I have it as a backup battery. I've maintained it. I put a charger on it. I've maintained it, but it's starting to lose its, its thing. So it's going to be time to trade that puppy in and get another one. Uh, you know, it seems like, well, it's a shame you've never used it. No, but I use it as insurance. Insurance is always insurance. a wasted cost if you don't have a disaster. So this was an insurance thing and I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to make a, make a trip and, replace the thing but that's what you know cost uh, of is, doing business yeah. it is what it is lead acid will only last so long and another thing too is you know if you have like this isn't really a prep per se but it is but it's not a, like a end of the world as we know it type prep but if you have like a uh, battery backup on your computer surge protection thing you know that battery in it is probably lead acid it's going to die after five years. So it's just something to think about. You know, people who have like lawnmowers and, and four wheelers, you know, those batteries last a year, maybe two. And you know, the batteries are going to die on them. So just be ready for it. Yeah. And that's not something you can really prep and stock up because if you leave a lead acid battery sit, it's going to degrade anyway because physics, actually because chemistry, but you know. Right. So, you know, that's just the way it is. So pull out those preps every now and then. Make sure they're still useful. I found our very first prep here last week when I was down in the basement. Oh, dear. Yes, it's it been a long been time. Long... It's been more than a decade. But our very first prep was we got some gallon and some two-liter bottle or plastic jugs that we'd used for other purposes like soda or water or milk or whatever it was at the time. I don't know. We didn't know not to use milk jugs at that time. So some of them were milk jugs. We uh, got ones of those we'd used, washed them out, filled them with water, screwed the lids on nice and tight, put them in the basement in the dark underneath the steps. So if we ever had a boil order or something, hey, at least would have a couple days worth of water that we wouldn't have to hassle with. We could just go down and grab. That was our very first prep. That's been 20 years. <laughs> yeah. And Ooh, I, I, ha- I, fear. I we have, have fear. We have superseded the water uh, collection and yeah. storage needs in better ways Much since better then. Ways. But I'm down there in the basement this week cleaning out some other junk. And I come across the jugs that were stuck down in the basement. And one of them still had half a gallon of water in it. <laughs> and the other ones were completely dry. Because yeah, they had either explain. oxidized and split. Dumping the water all over our basement, which, which is... is fine. It's an unfinished basement. Yeah. It's, so, you know, it's it just, gets wet it's a lot. A, it's okay. Yeah, it's just a concrete basement. It's got a sump in it, so the water... But did make the prep fairly useless. Yeah, it did. And some of the ones that were like milk jugs that we had sealed the screw top caps on, or the two liters, they had almost emptied themselves just by evaporating away molecule by molecule around the threads of the screw cap. Unless you've worked in a chemistry lab, you may not know that that's a thing, that they'll do that. But, well, some things do it even worse than water. And if you leave something sitting around for 20 years, it'll do it with water, too. So Good to know. There. Uh, So check your water preps. Keep them fairly fresh. 
and realize that uh, if you're storing things in bottles that are not BPA-free, uh, the, the plastic deterioration into the water is going to make them fairly unusable in a reasonably short amount of time. I must admit that for a three-day emergency water situation, that would be low on my list of worries. Because BPA is an endocrine disruptor, and I certainly wouldn't want to ingest a whole bunch of it. But it's not something that's going to be toxic to you over three days. But if the BPA is leaching out of the plastic into the water, that means the plastic is becoming more rigid. Because that's what the BPA was there for in the first place, is to keep it pliable. So as the BPA comes out, the plastic gets cracky, and it will spontaneously crack. And that's also why when you see these... Water bottles at the store, these BPA-free bottles, are always really hard plastic. Well, that's why. Now you know why. They make them thick-walled, because if they made them thin-walled, they'd start to crack, because they didn't put the BPA in them to keep the plastic pliable. The strange things you learn by listening to the 3BY podcast. I have more useless trivia in my head than any human being probably needs. I do, too, but unfortunately, mine's about, like, American world history and geography. <laughs> I, I I know some. I was listening to this is my digression. I can get to get a digression. Right? I was listening to a book. It's an excellent book. If you want to listen to an excellent book, it's an older book, or read a book. We we listen. My eyes aren't the best, so I like to listen. I find a, we travel a lot. It's William Least Heat Moon's Blue Highways. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Great book. Of course, he's from Missouri, and basically he was going through a bad situation and he just took to the road and spent months driving around the country trying to find himself and it was shocking listening to that book to listen to where he was going and we're like okay been there we've been there <laughs> okay been there oh, this is no, don't yeah there's this yeah. one section <laughs> Where he's in U Arizona, Utah, on the border, going past the Vermilion Cliffs. He's going up the mountain. Okay, and it's like uh, May, early May. And he's going up the mountains. He's laughing at the, at the you know, road gets hazardous in wintertime, snow, storms. And, and he's laughing at it. And we're like, oh, don't you laugh. So he gets <laughs> up to the top of this road. And he's like, oh, there's a campground over here. I'll turn and go that way. We're both yelling at the, or at least I'm yelling at the, no, don't go up that <laughs> road. Do it. It's early March. Do not go up that road. It's early May. Early, early May, yeah. Don't go up that road. Don't go up that road, dude. You are going to get snow. We were up in. there in mid-May, and, and it was the first, like, first week it was open of the year. Yeah, it was snowing like you wouldn't believe. It was wild. We went from, you know, 80, 90 degrees, just 10 miles back down the hill to a actual snowstorm cool stuff but you know it's it's funny though when you when you listen about these blue highways he's talking about these towns that you're like okay yeah i've been there been there been there tell you <laughs> what there. if you want to understand the mentality of rural america a little bit better and you're not from out here you're more of a city person that book will give you a feel for Oh, what it was a pretty honest portrayal of what a lot of people I've met are like. Frankly. It is. It it feels very true when you listen to it and you look around at your neighbors and know the people you talk to. So, you know, and here's you're talking about pruning. Here's another thing we've been doing. We've been pruning books. 
we we have a lot of really beloved books that we that we've had over the years. But we've come to the point where most we're going to keep some in case you know, in case really bad things happen and we need entertainment and we can't have electronics, so we'll keep some of our books, and the ones that are kind of irreplaceable because they're hard to find. But for the most part, you know, I would rather listen to an audio book than read a book, and barring that, I'm perfectly fine reading it on a on a tablet. Or my computer. I'm perfectly fine with that. And that is one less thing I have to have in my house to trip over if I get rid of that book. Yep. This is just an example of one of the things we're talking about. Yeah, we can prune stuff out of our lives without losing the value of it in normal times. And if things go bad, who's going to have time to sit around and read 500 books? Well, a lot <laughs> of us might, actually, because what else, you know? That's why one of the reasons people read a lot of books. It gets dark, you get tired. You know, there's there's downtime. Yeah, there but we still have a bunch of yeah, piles say. of books in the uh, attic, and a lot of other people do too, and we would certainly be trading them around, so it's not like we're going to be bookless or anything. It's just, do you still really need this in your life kind of thing? Yeah, and we've been doing a lot of that in our house. We've we've uh, gotten rid of an, of an old bed that we weren't using, cleaned up. Clean up a bunch of space in that room. Yeah, I've been pretty we all using week. it. It's, it's been my week. We don't have, you know, we, we have our own uh, place where we sleep, and we don't have guests. So it was a waterbed of all things. And it the mattress was probably 15 years old. And I don't know if it's you know much. It's just inviting about, disaster to leave. Yeah, a that's, a, that's a disaster waiting to mattress. happen. And if the, if the things should go bad, that means the heater would kick off. And have you ever slept, tried to sleep on a waterbed that isn't heated? It Goat. will suck the it'll suck the, <laughs> the life force out of, you. out of you. Trust me. <laughs> you do not want to do this. It's a bad thing. So, you know, we have extra bedding. We can we can put in a uh, an air mattress if we need to have some other people in the house. That's fine. But for us in our lifestyle, we didn't need it. So now we have open space. Could I have my uh, diversion of the day here? Yes. Um, one thing I've discovered that if you are having trouble sleeping cool enough and there is no air conditioning, if you can fill like an air mattress and get water in it so you're actually on top of water, even if the water is 80 degrees, it cools you off significantly. That's true. When I was having trouble with overheating at night because of a medical issue, I would. I actually went back to the waterbed for a bit and turned off the heater. I still needed some blankets, or it would suck uh, underneath me, or it would suck me way too cold. But that is the way, the most efficient way to chill somebody down efficiently when there is no electricity for air conditioning and stuff is to sleep on a water mattress while I actually do it. I have to apologize for telling this story, <laughs> but. Back when he has her, to apologize to me. Yes. <laughs> Let me be clear here. Back when her, um, sorry, put my microphone. Back when her thermal regulation was worse than it is now. It's still bad, but it's wor- it was worse then than it is now, due to medication. And we don't need to get into that. It was a medication issue, and blah blah blah, yada yada. But um, 
she was suffering hot flashes. I've had one hot flash in my life, and it was miserable. Mine was due to <laughs> mine was due to medication as well. I was taking a supplement of something or other. Niacin. Diet. Niacin? Yeah, niacin I was taking niacin. That. I don't remember why I was taking niacin, but niacin and I do not get along, so. It's a blood pressure medication. Oh, a natural, quote-unquote natural one. Yeah, okay. But yeah, anyway, it messed me up bad. And I had this hot flash. I'm like, blah. So I have some sympathy. But <laughs> she'll like, be, but she'll this be is sitting, awful. <laughs> she'll be sitting at, their, uh, at her table, and she paints. She'll be sitting at her table painting or grading papers because she's, you know, that's something you do. Or I don't know what else. He doesn't want to look sometimes. Yeah. He's like, yeah, don't want to know. Um, working on some little fiddly bit for something or other. And she'll be sitting at her desk. And I'll be sitting in my in my big comfy chair, laptop on my my thing, working on And all of a sudden, I'd see clothes just starting to fly all around the room. Just wee, wee, wee. <laughs> she is throwing clothes everywhere. I mean, not just taking them off. I mean, she is like, wee. The clothes are flying across She's not the room. In, a, in a cleaning mode here either. They've been on me a second ago. Yeah. And she, she'll be like, and then about a minute later, I'm cold. Okay, this is kind of humorous the first time it happens. The 25th time it happens in a single night, it gets to be less humorous. <laughs> and I am not exaggerating here. Yeah, well. So I, I just wanted to, to invent some kind of environmental suit for her to wear so she would crank up a like like a space suit or something so she just <laughs> crank up the cooling knob and then crank up the heater but then i kind of discovered that hey if i really wanted to cool down in a hurry i could go and uh, lay on the waterbed that the heater was off on and that would cool me down and yeah because we didn't you no know, time flat we weren't using it so we didn't keep it heated because i mean that it costs money to run those heaters uh, so, yeah, that was one of the things we pruned from our lives. We pruned the waterbed. Now, we kept the lumber and stuff like that. We could reassemble it as a waterbed. We'd have to get a new mattress because we didn't bother keeping a 15-year-old mattress that was actually falling apart as we were we were uh, emptying it. I was hoping it wouldn't crack on us as we were emptying it. So, and it didn't. We got away with it. So, that got pitched, but we kept the rest of the bed. And it's got good lumber, if nothing else. Yeah. So, as I was pruning, I came across some other things. I have uh, feet that are kind of hard to fit comfortably for shoes. So, when I found a pair of hiking boots that fit me beautifully, uh, Salty went online and bought me a couple other backup pairs of, the of these guys, yes. which he could get for, you know, what, 20% of the list price yes. by getting them gently used online. A lot of times, those online boots, if you look at them, they're, they just... Obviously, I did not fit somebody. They wore them like once or twice. I haven't broken them in yet. And they just, they didn't fit, so they get rid of them. And you can get them for a song on on, on the bay. So that's where I've uh, gotten a lot of my footwear. But who knew that even when you're past 50 years old, if you start hiking a lot more with a weighted pack than you used to, your feet grow. They actually just spread out, but it feels like they're growing. And I've got Even these... when you're when you're not heavy, she's not heavy, 120 pounds ish. And the pack's only like 35 that I hike with, so it's not that it's that heavy. It's just that you put a lot of miles on them, they start to spread out. 
and I can no longer use those hiking boots for actual hiking because I need a bigger size than I did when I bought them. Fortunately, I can still use them for yard work and things like that where I'm not going for hours. Right. When she took them hiking out in Colorado last year? Yeah. Her feet were just bruised. Even though, you know, her toes were bruised where they were running up against the front of her boots. And she's always been one who likes her shoes tight. Uh, I'm much more of a loose shoe person, but she likes her shoes tight, and there's just no no give in that. Well, fortunately, she's not like me. I have feet that are different sizes. So I'll, one of my shoes is always too big, or always too small. I mean, I'll get it right. Well, one of my shoes is always too big. Depending on how you buy them, one is too right. big or one is too small. But, but I, ne- I can't stand too small. Yeah. So one is always too big. My right foot is a good... Almost a full size, smaller than my left foot. And uh, not surprisingly, yeah. I was born with a birth problem in my legs. And, and the... Uh, had to wear these special shoes when I was a kid and all that kind of stuff. It, it, it turned out fine, okay? They, they corrected it. They fixed it, mostly. But uh, I don't wobble that much when I walk. I wobble a little. That's just the way it is. The idea here is that some of the preps that are of sized components, I am not unique among adults in the United States in changing sizes of my body. No. Uh, it's not always shoes. Sometimes it's, oh, belts and pants and things like that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've gone through many sizes in my life. So if you have things that are sized, you might want to consider if those still fit you or if you have like for example and i have i keep some stuff that's smaller than what i am because i am try i do try to lose weight and if we get into a bad situation i will be losing weight but there comes a point in time i will never wear a size 34 again i will never do it i haven't in the last 35 40 years you know not that i have any that's just an example okay but you know, I, I don't mind having stuff that's too big for me ever because you can always use layers. But, you know, there comes a point in time when, you know, especially you if there's got some wear on it. If it's something, it's an item that's been worn quite a bit, uh, just time for it to go. And the nothing is ever too big, that is coming from a guy who is already big and has almost never been exposed to things that are really, really way too big for him. Yeah, well, As a small I woman, I assure you, sometimes things are too big. I, I've got uh, football jerseys that are way too big for me because football jerseys are sized big because you've got the pads and stuff to go under them. And so they naturally hang on. I put them on her and they reach almost to her ankles. Yeah, and he's like, well, I, I got this one for you, and it'll be, it'll, it'll it'll be big, but that's that's fine. You can put something under it, and I put it on, and it slips off my shoulders on both sides because the neck hole is as wide as my shoulders. Okay. I'm like, well, no, that, that really, one, that one really, I just, too big. I just kind of told you I got that for you. I actually got that for me. <laughs> <laughs> so that one sure actually things- fits me like a normal shirt. Make sure things fit. Sorry. That's kind of the point there. Yes, make sure things fit. And um, it's okay if you want to store some of that stuff. in. If you've got an away place, you put it in a bag, you put it away, get it out of sight, get it someplace. Like we have an attic that really doesn't have much in it. That's fine. Uh, 
Um, but really, it needs to be something that there's a reason for keeping. Well, heavy winter clothing, for example, that may not exactly fit. There's a good reason to keep that because that stuff's expensive. It's good. It doesn't wear out. And it's the kind of thing you might stuff, actually really right. need in an emergency situation. Especially if it's too big because you can really layer. Um, if it's too small, you know, somebody might use it. That depends on whether or not you might be losing weight. Right. Small yeah, people have a great time at thrift stores because people grow out of things more than they shrink out of things. And there's yeah. a lot of small stuff at thrift stores. To a point. Probably. Now, you, for example, are a size 4, size 6, somewhere in that range on pants. You're the, you're, this is a, another aside, but she's the kind of person that, you know, she's a 50-something-year-old woman who has the waistline of a 16-year-old girl. But all the stuff in the, in, in the thrift stores and, frankly, in the shopping malls and everywhere else you're likely to go assumes that the person buying it who's that size is a 16-year-old girl. <laughs> I don't want to be that sad 50-plus-year-old woman who's trying to look like a 16-year-old. No. No. In fact, right now, talking about fashion, I'm wearing overalls, and she's wearing camouflage hunting pants. Cargo pants. Cargo pants, yeah. I love the, the hunting. But and they're actually boys. <laughs> yeah, she wears, she wears a boy's 2X. As long as it's not one of those skinny-cut, ridiculous... I don't think I care that much. It's yeah, okay. you don't actually care that much. Well, anyway, <laughs> so that's what she, if you're wanting to send her something, that's the size she wears. Of course, we don't really publish our address or anything like that, but uh, I suppose you could send it to our mail. We have a mailbox in a random town, so you can send it to that, but I'm not really going to share where that is, yet. That's another. That's another story, the random town mailbox. It's a pretty good idea. You should try it. But, but that's a totally different thing. It's it's another story. It's another story. Yeah. Last on the list, uh, the fairly short-term food preps, like the canned food. It's true that canned food is still good past the date on the can. It's not true that it's good forever. And some things don't last as well as others. Peaches, in particular. Yeah. And, canned peaches don't last well, whether and, home canned or professionally canned. And also, uh, pineapples are not. Yeah. Pineapples canned pineapples don't. Last as keep long them, as yeah, keep them pretty much in date. Some things will last forever. Corn, something that's not high acid, more high sweet but not high acid. Tomatoes don't last as well. Uh, peanut yeah, they butter, tend to degrade there. Peanut butter has too much fat to really go too far over on the on the lasting chart. So yeah, it's something kind of got to watch. So for your short term food preps are often of that kind. You might want to make sure you keep them rotated because otherwise you're just wasting going to have food that's it's probably not harmful but it is it does get nasty and taste bad and stuff like that uh mres right uh when they get too old especially if they haven't been in temperature controlled conditions they degrade from wherever their taste started and they go down from there <laughs> i had a bad one out of the place when i was working this week did you i did yeah some of them some of those that we've had are... I was trying to get rid of the old ones, so I picked so, the oldest one I could find. And, and it was pretty old. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, so, we, we, we've got that one box in that back, in the back room that are... We bought them at a, as a quote-unquote camper special because they were going out of, out of date that year, out of inspection date that year. And that's been two or three years ago. And I don't have a problem with that two or three years over on the MRE date because I know they've been climate controlled. 
But, you know, some of these, you, you get to the, get a, the years get away from you, and you see these 10, 15 years. I know there's people on YouTube who try these things. And the bottom line is, unless they're swelling up, you know, unless they're, they're sign of a bacterial invasion or something, they're still okay to eat as far as safety-wise, but some of them get really nasty. Yeah. And some of them and start really nasty. <laughs> a lot of the vitamins degrade as well. Yeah. I mean, some I, we had we had some that we just stored for way too long, and I you know I ended up pitching them actually. Yeah, we they got away on us. We forgot we had them for a while. There's a there was a dog. There was a dog that that was next door to where I work, and I would go out there and I'd take I'd get an MRE, I'd open it up, one of these way way, way old ones like corned beef hash and stuff like that, and I you know take a little bit and I the dog would get treats quite a bit from me. <laughs> That dog didn't like anybody else from my office, but it liked me. <laughs> and then they moved, so. Yeah, that dog really liked me. I was its friend. <laughs> but so uh, make sure you recycle through your old food. And while you're doing that, you'll find there's some stuff that gets old just because it seemed like a good idea when you bought it. But nobody really wants to eat it. <laughs> right. With me, it's always, I know, this. I buy the same thing over and over again, and we have gotten, we, I don't know, we've pitched but I know we've eaten them, and I'm kind of like, well, what in the world is, why has that got such a, it's some of those canned <laughs> potatoes. Yes. Oh. I, I, I made a major like clean out of the canned, canned potatoes, potatoes to eat, because they just got a wang to them. I hid them in food a little bit at a time uh, to, to get rid of them, but yeah. If you find that you're avoiding it because you don't want it, if it's still in its expiration date, give it to a food pantry. If it's not, then you decide what you're going to do with it. But whatever you do, replace it. Uh, there's no point in leaving it because it's bad. Uh, replace it with uh, something, something you, you like better. Something that the uh, rotation you move have you've been moving through the rotation briskly on some items and less briskly on others. You uh, replace the stuff with something you've been moving through briskly. Now, what we'll what I'll often do when I want to try something different, and I'm considering it as a, as a rotational food, I will buy a can or two of it. We have we have one or two racks in our we we use the uh, a rotation system. We, I'll be, I'll just come out and say it. We I've, I've written uh, articles on it. We use the one from Thrive Life. With the can, the can thing where you put the can in the back and it rotates down. Cansolidator. Cansolidator, yeah. And we like it very much. Yes. It's not perfect, but it's a plastic thing, you know. It's a, but we like it very much. It really, really helps us keep our stuff fresh. But even still, I'm pulling out, you know, I'll pull out green beans. I'll look at them. You know, they're two years over. And I bought them with two years left to go. So that can has been in there for four years. The green beans are fine. It doesn't matter. They may be has beans. <laughs> But they're fine. It doesn't matter. Um, so I put that in there. And we've got like one row that is just one-offs. Where we just, this is just something different. You know? And some things I try that I think I'm going to really like. And they're like, ew, no. And some things I do. And some things I'm trying to, to work my way out of. Like, for example, canned corn. I'm trying to work one of my rows out and replace it with... Uh, mixed vegetables of a type we'll eat. Or uh, canned corn that have the Mexican peppers in it, because we use that for yeah. Mexican cooking. Yeah, it works really good. 
Uh, and I'm looking at, at that kind of stuff. And when you're doing it, you watch your watch your tomatoes because those are acid, and you watch your uh, watch your high fat stuff like your peanut butter. We're a huge peanut butter. I mean, we have a row of peanut butter, and it's got t- ten jars. About that. Yeah. More or less. Ten jars. Well, if we go through a jar of peanut butter a month, we're fine. You know what I'm saying? But we're, excuse me, were we to go ahead and put in a second row of peanut butter, we would start getting into the point where that peanut butter will be very old and very hard to stir up because we use this natural stir peanut butter. And that's a sign that the oils are changing too. Right. If it gets, the peanut butter gets really hard to stir up. As a sign that it's, you know. I have read that the fish in oil does stay well. And I have found that the fish in oil that's beyond its expiration date, the tuna packed in oil, I found that to be just as good as fresh bought. So well, that seems to be okay. Fresh bought, you know, not fresh caught. I thought you said fresh caught, and I'm like, no. How way. would I know? I live in Missouri. <laughs> fresh caught tuna. Oh, my goodness. But anyway, fresh caught tuna steaks on the grill. Day four. You anyway. owe me something in the next year. Okay. But long story short, we actually, I prefer to buy tuna in oil. Not only does it last longer than tuna in water. Uh, I drain the oil out so it's not, it's virtually the same amount of calories. I find the taste is a little better. But she, I don't think she likes it as well. I don't like it as well, mostly because I hate draining it. Well, (laughs) you see what I did? (laughs) I actually literally bought neoprene gloves just for doing tuna. Because I hate the smell of tuna on my hands. This is another digression. We're getting digressive. You're, you're yeah. having a digressive hate, day, my love. Yeah. I, I hate the smell of tuna on my hands, so I put these neoprene gloves on. We bought them at Harbor Freight for like 5 bucks a 100 or something like that. I put them on. They're nitrile. Hmm? Nitrile gloves. Nitrile gloves. Okay. I put them on. I do my tuna work. I get everything. I put the tuna cans in. They get, they get in their own little bag and get sealed up so they don't stink up the house. And the animals we, don't tear them up. And the animals don't trash. tear them up so bad. But we uh, don't, you know. The neoprene of, makes have, it sound like hazardous waste because that's what they put on the hazmat suits is oh, neoprene gloves. Okay. <laughs> Nitrile and, and scu- or scu- scuba, scuba suits, too. Yeah. That's where that comes from. Uh, long story short, though, uh, we, have a, we have a large collection of, of tuna canned meat. Now, some of the other canned meats... I'm sure are perfectly safe to store for for years. I don't, we don't eat can we're just not canned meat either. So, except for tuna no. and salmon, that's pretty much the extent of our canned meat. Even but before I, I read the jungle, I didn't. I know go the, for that one thing here. Here's a little one more digression, <laughs> but it's kind of interesting one because I was watching. They they now sell. I guess maybe they sold it for years. Canned chicken. Yeah, they had that for canned oh, yeah. chicken. Right now we don't have these, I, uh, but when you open up a canned chicken, it has this most disgusting gelatin goop on it. And I was watching a thing on eBay, going, "Oh, that's horrid! Look at that!" Ugh. And she's like, "No, no, no, that's okay. That's chicken stock, dude." Go ahead and tell the story. When you cook chicken in water, some of the proteins in the chicken come out to the water. When you cool them, it becomes a gel. It's actually can be really nice food when fresh. It does look really unappetizing, I'll give you that, but it's actually good stuff. Now, in the canned chicken, it's probably all full of salt. Uh, I wouldn't 
would you, make would bets you on go that. ahead and, and drain off the and keep the stuff and use it for gravy? Uh, that's what you use it for soup stock, yeah. In the canned chicken? I, I've never looked at the... Uh, it would depend on I've how much salt was in it. I've never looked at the sodium in the canned chicken. Now, it, most of it's probably full of salt, and so I wouldn't, but if it wasn't full of salt, I would. Understanding the canning process, in the hot canning process, when these chickens are canned, they're cooked, because you have to cook them in the can as you're canning it. Yeah, it, you it sterilize the cans by cooking, and then they seal themselves hermetically as they cool down that's how canning the canning process actually works right so the cook the chicken is cooked like the two the canned stuff is always cooked the tuna stuff is cooked so you're not eating raw fish when you're eating tuna unless you're having sushi unless you're having sushi and we actually have a podcast on that go it's back called to, parasites in yeah, your meat <laughs> parasites in your meat and you should, if you haven't listened to that one Go listen to that one next because it, it'll gross you right out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're in town. We're gonna we're gonna be going to the the gun shop pretty darn soon, so we're gonna have to hang it up for this episode. Thank you for listening. And prove what you don't need. It's opportunity cost. It's storage space. It's hassle of searching through stuff when you actually need it. Makes your uh, life cleaner and more efficient and better prepared. All right, we'll see you next time. Thanks.